0: Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. So, is the IVDR. That's going into effect in Europe in May of 2022? Is this the end of the world as we know it? Well, it is going to be a challenge, and there's a lot to do if you're not on that path right now. And there are some, some hurdles and obstacles, even from a Notified Body perspective, that we still got to get through, and I'm confident that we will get through them. Joining me on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast is Joanne LeBrun. Joanne is She's very knowledgeable and has a ton of expertise when it comes to all things IVD. She's with MDC Associates. You can check them out, mdcassoc.com to learn more. But enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, powered by Greenlight Guru, now with video and audio. So if you're listening to us, thank you. If you're watching us, that's great too. You can, uh, and if you're listening to us and you want to watch us, well, you know, go to YouTube, uh, uh, give it a look. Uh, we've got quite a few episodes that are up there now. So anyway, joining me today is a repeat guest. Uh, is joining me is Joanne Lebron with MDC Associates. Joanne, I'm a hot mess today. Let's, we'll, we're going to get through it though, but how's it going today?
1: <laughs> Doing very well. Thank you.
0: Speaking of hot messes, um, I thought we could talk about the upcoming IVDR, so what do you think?
1: (laughs) Let's do. I think it is going to be a hot mess. Well, they're not ready, So, uh, and ready means that there needs to be enough notified bodies in order to do it, um, in order to make it all happen, Um, and the notified bodies need to be designated, which is you know a really huge undertaking by that notified body it's expensive they need quality systems they need to get certified themselves and it's just not happening um, and I've actually heard from some people um, from some notified bodies that they don't want to um, pursue it wow. so one of the conditions of going live for the IVDR is that they have seven notified bodies by the time we're supposed to go live so they have a year to get, more notified bodies mm. ready. There's only four at this moment. Um, some of the ones that I really like to work with aren't even going to pursue it.
0: So, and, and why? Why do you think that is? I mean, have you heard any uh, a color or commentary on why some of these notified bodies are not going to pursue that?
1: I think it's just a ton of work. Um, I think that you know they've got to be audited. Um, people have to come in and do all of that, and then they have their corrective actions. It's kind of like everybody else, you know. It's mm. They don't really, I don't think they really see the need to do it. I think the other thing, too, is that the MDR is going to be effective in
0: about like well,
1: 30 days, 36 yeah. days, something like that. Um, and I think everybody kind of wants to see how that's going to go before yeah. the IVDR does their thing. Um, so I think they still kind of need to figure all that stuff out,
0: yeah. And, and folks listening, um, the time of the recording of this uh, is uh about yeah. 30 days. So, uh, I think the <laughs> official day of, uh, MDR going live is May 26, Yeah, uh, May 26th
1: is the last day. May 27th yeah. is the first day. All right. So I think we're all kind of waiting to see exactly how that's going to go before, you know, the IVDR can figure out where, where we're going to go for another year. So
0: yeah.
1: yeah, we'll see how it all happens. It's
0: well, interesting. I, I, I think some of those um, statements that you made about you know not being ready and not enough notified bodies. I mean, those if if we go back in time to maybe well, let's just say this time 2019, I think we had the same concerns about MDR and. Indeed. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's it's irrelevant at this point. But uh, I was always curious. Uh, had the May 27, 2020 deadline actually? We, we stuck to that what would have happened uh i guess it's a moot point because it didn't but um, right do you feel like the mdr is ready
1: um i think they're closer to ready i think they've had a little bit more time to be ready um but uh we'll see i mean i think that you know I, i think that notified bodies are very overwhelmed and i and i don't know that they um really know how it's going to be going. I think some people have been ahead on it. Obviously, people do have their CE marks ready to go. Uh, a lot of people with CE certificates have extended. Um, the, there's the allowance in the regulations to right. extend through 2024. So I think there's a lot of that. And, and honestly, I think there's while there's a lot that's going to change for the MDR, the, certific- the uh, classifications haven't changed as much. They've right. changed, but not so much. It's not so drastic. So, I think while the MDR has more constituents involved, I think that it's going to be a little more straightforward to implement than mm. the IVDR. The IVDR mm. has less constituents, but way more things that are different, um, particularly well, I, product classification.
0: Yeah, product classification is huge. And, and, I, and, I, um, and um, some of what I've heard too is because of the IVDR that a lot of companies and technologies and products that weren't uh, previously regulated now are going to be.
1: Yes. It seems yes. like though,
0: if, if I were a notified body, you know, again, there's barriers to entry and, and there's a price to play, so to speak, but it seems like there would be a lucrative opportunity uh, if if I would actually go through that process.
1: Yeah, you you would think so, I mean, w- very frankly and i'm sure everybody out there is going to recognize all of this but you know what was happening earlier was it the there was no barrier to entry in the e, in the e, eu um and so as products came to market or even like closely ready to market the they, the ce mark would be obtained mm-hmm. um and you know i know there's a lot of you out there that haven't sold anything yet on that ce mark so i think there's going to be a decision Why go any further when we haven't sold on that CE mark? We got it. You know, sometimes you could kind of get it just to be able to demonstrate that you've gotten to that point where you could have gotten it with your product development, but nothing really happened. So a lot of products are going to fall out of the market. Um, And, you know, I don't know if it's a huge loss because I'm not really sure that they're getting used, but at the same time, that's going to be a statistic. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to get discussed that products are coming off the market. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there is a certificate, if you have a certificate that's not the self-certified people, then you can apply with your notified body. And hopefully the notified bodies are still doing this to extend your CE mark through 2024 or whatever they're willing to give you. So Um, and if your CE certificate already expires sometime during, after the, the due date, as it were, then you can use that expiration date still, um, let's talk through,
0: let's talk a little bit about that. So, uh, let's imagine I'm working with a notified body that's, you know, still good with the IVDD and not planning to pursue the IVDR (laughs) and I get this, uh, extension, uh, for a CE certification, uh, let's say it's through 2024 or at least past the 2022 deadline, but yet this notified body isn't in the business anymore. Well, what does that mean?
1: Right. Well, I mean, they're still in the, they're still in the IVDD. They're just not in the IVDR and they were reputable at the time. I think it's going to be honored. I haven't really heard anything about yeah. that, but it's an interesting quandary. Um, they're, I think they're going to honor it just because it's just, you know, it's still kind of a hot mess and not really re- anybody understanding where it's going to go. Um, But you have a certificate. And that's the important thing is that you have that certificate with that expiration Mm -hmm. date. And so therefore you've got that. But those of you who are are self-certified, which means there is no certificate, everybody needs a CE mark by May 27th, 2022, which is just a year away. And there's a lot to do for that. Um, I'm sure everybody's really struggling with that. There's you know, there's quality systems things to do. There's regulatory things to do. There's probably studies that people need to do. If um, if we, you know, speaking from from at least my own experience, if if our clients had done the bare minimum to get through the EU, that bare minimum really isn't going to fly anymore. So there's yeah. a lot more studies that need to get done to be able to meet the regulations.
0: So, a lot. yeah, uh, so let's, let's imagine I'm in that position where maybe I could self-certify do I have time to do that um, before May
1: 2022? Uh, and, and can I, I do that? I guess so. maybe is
0: the bigger question.
1: Yeah. So with MDR, there was that opportunity through like December of the of the year before. Um, so contact your authorized representative and ask them if they're willing to do it. I don't know what all of their cutoffs are at the moment. Um, but for the MDR, the cutoffs were December. So it very well may be that you could still get your self certification through December. And, um, there is a caveat it's, it is definitely, I mean, it's written, um, that you can place sales of your c e marked stuff, whether it's certified or not, you can place sales for that stuff before the due date and still meet that demand um, mm-hmm. but you have to you have to actually have those sales you can't just say, well you know everybody's going to want a million of these, but you actually need to make the sales um, and, um, and then you have the ability to be able to fill those sales. So you can buy yourself a wee bit of time by um, getting those sales together by May 26th of next year, and then fill those sales while you're trying to get your CE mark together. There are certain notified bodies, um, the, the, the biggest one out there, uh, at least in my opinion, sorry for the other guys, but um, they're not taking clients anymore. Wow. So then there were three. And then as soon as the next guy gets really busy, then there will be two. And so I really wow. don't know what they're going to do. It really is, um, there's, a, there's a resource problem. And um, yeah. I don't really have my ear to the tracks or anything. I don't really know what all the decisions are and all that sort of stuff, but it is a big deal. Um, and I, And I don't know what's going to happen there. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you have a notified body that you work with, um, and you are going to move forward, apply today.
0: Yeah. Get in
1: there. Um, one of the big rules that were different, uh, every time I look up, it seems like my necklace is like slowly moving around my neck. <laughs> um, uh, if, if you have a notified body and you're in there, get in there. One of the new rules is that you are, are only to apply with one notified body. It used to be we could apply with three, get quotes and all that stuff. No more. So you need to apply with that notified body. They need to accept you. So it's no longer a one-way situation. It's actually a two-way street. And um, they need to accept you. And they need to have been designated for your product code, Mm. which... There are product codes. Um, you can look by notified body what product code they got designated for. And
0: is this, um, is this, is this uh, uh, not to confuse product code uh, jargon, but is this like the GMDP or GMDN? GMDN, that...
1: kinda sorta, but it's a yeah. different list. Okay. Um, they don't really publish the list, but you can see at least what codes notified bodies have their designation for. And they're not allowed to take on a client that's not in their designation. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how limited everybody is. I haven't done that, that research. Um, so they have to accept you. You have to apply with them. And then, and only then can you find out is your plan solid to submit with them and you're reserving your spot. Right. Um, so I believe, I know at least one are, are accepting clients for IVDR. I, pres- I presume all four of them are, Um there's a uh, a database called Nando. It's N A N D O, and that's where the notified bodies are are listed. Um, so you know, if you work with one of the big three, big four, you're good. If you don't, you're going to be faced with getting another notified body. Or I would definitely contact the notified body and ask them what their intentions are. By now. They know their intentions. And I did have one that I really love to work (laughs) with. um, And they said that they did not intend to continue. Mm. So that was, that kind of messes things up a little bit. Um, It's nice to have it all in one package. You don't have to have it all in one package. What I mean by that is there, you know, I've always thought of as a notified body as um, providing ISO certification, providing CE mark. Uh, and doing all of those things for you. But it's not really the way it goes. It really is that there's a registrar who gives you the ISO 13485. Then there's the notified body that gives you the CE mark. They also need to be sure that you're 13485 or at least meet the quality systems in the regs. And so either you get one extra audit or you try to work it all in at the same time. Um, and that's really been the challenge.
0: Well, and I think that that last bit that you explained is a little bit confusing to folks, and in fact, uh, let's come back to that after take a quick break. Um, So I want to remind folks, I'm talking with Joanne LeBron with MDC Associates. Joanne, tell the folks a little bit more about MDC and a little bit about your background. I mean, it's clear to me after we've talked a few times and hearing you on the recent uh, Greenlight Summit that you have a a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, to all things IVD. So tell the folks a little bit about you and, and MDC Associates.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So MDC Associates <laughs> we're located in the Boston area. Uh, we've been in business working on thirty five years now, um, and we we do a lot of IVDs. I'd like to say we specialize in that, but we do have a couple of medical device clients. But we really concentrate very heavily on in vitro diagnostics. Um, we do. Um, Clinical, clinical studies um, and regulatory consulting, all combined into that. Uh, we help people with their quality management systems, um, in cleaning, including implementation with Greenlight Guru, which we're doing a lot of right now. Uh, and we also do um, implementation uh, training services for small analyzers. So instead of salespeople awesome. going out and doing training, um, on analyzers, especially with the reduction of training or of traveling these days, uh, we do that through video. So it's, a, that's a pretty cool service. Definitely let us know if anybody's out there who needs that.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And, and folks, if you want to learn more about MDC associates, go to the website, mdcassoc.com yeah. And uh, reach out to, to Joanne and the team at MDC, and they'd be happy to help you out. Uh, I want to remind folks, too, while we're taking this quick break, that Greenlight Guru, we have the only success platform designed specifically and exclusively for medical device and IVD companies. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the distinction. We've actually talked about that before with Joanne. But but we have a medical device success platform that helps you address all the needs from a design control, from a risk, from document management, change management, as well as all those quality events, things like CAPAs, complaints and non-conforming products, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all in one platform. If you're interested in learning how the Greenlight Guru Medical Device Success Platform can help you become more successful with all of your medical device endeavors, including pursuit of IVDR, then I would encourage you to check it out. www.greenlight.guru to learn more. So, Joanne, right before we took a break, um, you talked about uh, registrars and notified bodies and all this sort of thing. And I think this is confusing to people because I think uh, generically everybody's like, oh, I need my notified body to come do my ISO certification. But that's not really who does it. Now, I think the confusing part of it, usually the firm that you hire to do one or the other has resources that can do both. So maybe can you unpack that a little bit and and provide a little bit of clarity?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we used to refer to notified bodies as sort of one big, um, one big source or one big resource and, and service, but they actually do a bunch of things. And as you said, they can do they can provide all of these services, but you can also go to different. Um, companies to be able to get these services. So one thing that we all know is that the quality system, it's the best if you can get an ISO certification. That means that your quality system has been looked at and it is compliant with ISO 1345 2016, which are the quality system requirements in the EU for uh, quality systems. And there's also another little tag on certification that you can get, which maybe we can talk about another time, which is the MD-SAP program, uh, which is five different countries, including the United States and Canada, um, that kind of combines all of those requirements between those five countries together. So a lot of people get the, ID, the ISO certification and the MD-SAP together. So that's what those people do, and that's what the registrars do. They give you the, your ISO certification. Um, the notified bodies, particularly their main um, purpose is to, well, they might disagree with me, but I think their main purpose is to give uh, companies their CE certificate, right? And so part of being compliant with the regulations to get a CE mark includes having a quality management system. It's very nice if you have a CE or an ISO certificate because you can get there. Um, a little bit easier because you have the certificate, but it depends on who's given you the certificate trela So the notified bodies also need to confirm that you have a quality system. So you're kind of getting it from two angles if you use two different companies. Um, and then they also have that delightful um, uh, unannounced audit Mm-hmm. Where they'll come and just show up, um, primarily to look at your technical file to make sure that it's always being updated, uh, and also production. Um, they'll they'll often want to see a lot being produced if they can catch it um, during that unannounced audit. So there's also that. There's a little bit of controversy with the new IVDR as to whether or not. So with the IVDD there were three classifications. There was Annex 2 List A, Annex 2 List B, and then everything else. Mm -hmm. What they've actually done, and it's not all that complicated, but they did Rule A as Annex 2 List A, Rule B as, sorry, Rule D for Annex 2 List A, Rule C for Annex 2 List B. Kind of of, sorta, doesn't 100% match, but y'all know what I mean. Then they had all the things that are not certified And then will be as everything else. Mm. And that everything else went from self-certification, just list it with an authorized representative and you're done, to submit technical documentation to a notified body for your CE mark. Everybody freaks out. So that's the really big difference. And I believe, and it's 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 not in the regs and it's not specifically not in the regs. So I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but I do believe that the unannounced audit is not going to happen with the rule with the uh, uh, Class B products. Okay, um, I think it's going to ease up on the notified bodies a lot because I don't know if they're going to be able to get to all of those people to do that. So anyway, that might not be there, but the but there is a big difference in the services that they provide. Um, and if you think of it in an FDA perspective, not to go all FDA on everybody, but the 510Ks are offered through the federal government or through the mm-hmm. federal department in D.C., whereas the compliance is done locally by all of the different um, districts, yeah. kind of districts. Yeah. yeah. So so it's kind of similar in that way that these notified body has registrar auditors yeah. and then they they have the, the technical reviewers elsewise. Yeah. Um, it's... It's a big change, though, for the notified bodies as yeah.
0: well. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the other things that you, you just mentioned, like I, I know there's this. Um, I'll, I'll say it's a myth that a lot of co- companies, both from a medical device and an IVD perspective, like, oh, it's class one self-certify. Uh, I don't have to prepare a technical file. I'm like, whoa, right. you absolutely do. Just right. because somebody is not, you don't have to submit it to somebody. You absolutely need a technical file. And and do you yeah. think this is one of those those reasons that that people are kind of up in arms
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, for sure I think that you know when you go through a technical file review or technical documentation review now even before the regs are out there everybody's already stepped up their game and so the review we've submitted technical documentation that got reviewed before resubmitted it completely different game Mm mm-hmm it's, it's a different review. So everybody has stepped their game up for that. Um, and so it, it's, it's that honor system is now gone. Um, mm-hmm. and we all have to keep up on it and you really do need to update your technical file all the time.
0: Yeah. Not it's living once it's a living. Year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like make it part of your change control so yeah. that every single time you make a change, you say, Hey, is there a risk involved there? You're updating your risk is this a, a change to our technical file? Go ahead and update it. Yeah, um, I And, think and
0: one... a tech file, I mean, it, I, I assume is more or less still following the stead format.
1: Uh, I don't know what the stead format is. Oh,
0: that's the 20 sections. Well, I'll, I'll, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it definitely, it, definite, it kind of does, there's a little bit more involved there. Um, but the one thing that I think people make a mistake about With DMR or medical device file, whichever your terminology is going to be, DMR is device master record through FDA, and your technical file, one mistake that a lot of people make is they'll keep duplicate copies, triplicate copies, quadruplicate copies in so many different places. And that is a nightmare because then this doesn't match this, which doesn't match that. So, you know, checklists, I mean, Greenlight Guru is great because it kind of brings it all together. Yeah, which is super. Um, If you're keeping binders of stuff, guys, stop doing that. Yeah, that's Um, crazy. Yeah. Make yourself a checklist at least. So what we do is we say, you know, with manual clients, we'll say what needs to be in that technical documentation? Where is it located? Leave it, and then constantly update those documents. Right. Therefore, you're constantly updating your technical file or technical documentation. Yeah, um, you know. And again, with Greenlight, if you can link it all together and and tile that stuff together, it's way easier. You know, because yeah. then it's definitely being updated for you. Well,
0: and, um, and just to elaborate a little bit on that, I mean, you know. Greenlight has uh, intentional functionality to try to simplify this. You know, we yeah. use you know, you can tie uh, or assign metadata uh, like tags, and you can set up some custom views. and And an item, an artifact, a record can can be located in multiple different views, but the source is there's only one source. So if it needs to right. be updated, then it gets updated everywhere it Once. needs to be. But if yeah. you're not using Greenlight, uh that's fine too. Take Joanne's tip here, you know, create a uh I, I guess a table of contents with pointers as to where the, the yeah. source is located, but do not, do please do not put, put uh duplicate copies in multiple locations because you're gonna be out of compliance. Yeah. The first mm-hmm. time you make a change because you'll forget where one of the locations is. And it's yeah. just a mess. Yeah, that's you an, just that's set yourself
1: a, up for failure. Yeah, that,
0: yeah, that's a that's an auditor. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. an auditor would be super excited about that opportunity because
1: right.
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to remember to keep it not PG <laughs> or keep it G on here, right? But um, but yeah, an auditor is going to be excited about that. They're like, oh, you've got documents, uh, duplicate doc- documents stored in multiple. Let's f- check
1: those out. Come
0: yeah. Uh, they're going to be there for days.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you want to keep everything as surfaced in an audit anyway. So yeah. you don't want that to start going into that rabbit hole and getting yourself into trouble. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, but every time they walk in, they expect to see those updates. What's interesting and used to confuse me a lot is during the ISO audit, we would want to always show that. And they're like, no, 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 that's, we're not here for that. And right. so they really are very specific about what their scope is. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's really weird, and I know it's not really the topic of our conversation today, but uh, the one thing that I just figured out, which is crazy, I've been doing this forever, um, is the difference between the ISO 13485-2016 certificate and the EN ISO 13485-2016 uh, uh, certificate. Okay, They're different. So, everybody, do I recommend you just do all of it. If you're going to do ISO 13485 2016 slash MDSAP, that's fine. That's great. But you're going to want to do the EN ISO as well. Um, the thing that's the difference is there's an annex Z. Um, okay. We all say Z, but of course it's Europe. So it's Annex Z. And in that annex, it shows you how to be compliant with the IVDD and the IVDR and where the differences are between the ISO certification and the quality system that's required for the IVDD and the, and the, sorry, for the IVDD and the MDD, I said IVDR and I didn't mean it. Um, they're going to have to update that reg or at least Mm -hmm. that annex coming up. Because now it's a whole new different game, and I I haven't seen that yet. But yeah, I mean, uh, one other,
0: one other, um, I guess, thing to be aware of if you're in the IVD space uh, was with respect to to risk management, and specifically um there's a standard out there hopefully you all are aware of known as ISO 14971 and the latest version is 2019 yes um you'll read that standard and you're like okay why why is John saying that this is important to IVD well um between that and its companion guidance document which is TIR I can't ISO TIR 24971 2020 there are annexes that are specifically dedicated to IVD. So you'll want to review those uh, in some detail because it's, I don't think there's a huge change, but there's... The committee felt it was important, IVD was important enough that it has its own dedicated annex. So that says, hey, that's probably something to pay attention to.
1: Yes. And all auditors have their hot list when they come and see you. And that is definitely one of them, is to be updated to the new ISO 14971. um, And they're going to know if you haven't updated, if you're still calling your Risk-benefit analysis. <laughs> that. That's the key because the benefit-risk analysis is yeah. now the new term. And if you don't use that new term, then they're going to really dig in and make sure that you've done your update. So you might as well. And they actually talk about it in the new regulations in the IVDR and the MDR. They do. They talk about the benefit-risk analysis. So, mm-hmm. you know, they really make some assumptions that you're going to have some tie together between all of these things.
0: I mean this with, uh, Uh, I guess uh, medical device quality, regulatory uh, interest, sincerity. The the IVDR is somewhat of a fascinating read. Uh, It's (laughs) it's quite a lengthy read, but uh, I would encourage. I mean, I think everybody that's involved in this, um, you should be aware. Don't just assume that oh my my regulatory person has has this under control. They probably do, but you should give yourself. Uh, Educate yourself a little bit on on the topic. Uh, You know, we've Greenlight Guru. We have other content, other uh, webinars, podcasts, etc. So those are great places to start, too. But, Joanne, as we kind of wrap things up today, uh, I guess uh, I'll pose this question. Should we be panicking right now?
1: Don't panic. Don't Don't panic. panic. But get moving. But don't panic because, you know, panic is just going to make you sloppy and you're not going to know what you need to do. Um, But definitely get moving. If you have a notified body and your notified body is one of the four, apply with them as quickly as you can so that you get your spot. Um, And then what I would do if you are um, in charge of clinical studies, read, I mean, the IVDR will put you to sleep and it is really interesting read, but um, I would say read the annex about your studies and make sure that you know if you're an R and D guy or if you're doing your clinical studies, make sure you meet those because right. you probably have some work to do to be able to come up to speed there. They're very specific, especially in the IVD world, about exactly what they want to see. It's kind of like submitting a five ten k. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't submitted your 510K, you could be left stranded. Um, If you have submitted your 510K, it's not as big of a deal because you probably have that information because the FDA has been asking for that information. for sure. Um, So there is that. So if that's what you do, check that out and maybe just target that area so that you at least read that through. There are a lot of cross references in the regs. Check them out. I always want to blow them off because it's like, I don't want to go back and forward and back and forward kind of makes sense. Um, And if you don't do the cross references, you're going to get stuck. So look at those and that sort of thing. If you're a quality systems person, understand the quality systems stuff. If you're everything to your company, read the hall of regs. Um, but we've really, we've dissected them. Um, we've read them word for word. We've associated them. We're writing documents. We're really trying to help our clients to be able to be ready because it is a lot. Um, and they require that you have somebody that's designated as the regulatory person. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you're a small company, which is a pretty huge number to be a small company with them, I don't remember what the cutoff is, but it's millions of revenue. Um, then you can have uh, somebody like MDC or any one of the other people who do this to be representative um, in your regulatory uh, arena. And, you know, I have to say at the very beginning that might be helpful because there's a lot to navigate here. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of really, really talented people and we're all working together and kind of networking to make sure that we all understand what we've read the right way. So this is very much a community-based situation as opposed to, I've read the regs, I got it. Um, It really is a lot. For sure. And so, you know, you don't want to get caught. Um, I think I've said before in this and as well as in other seminars, if you do get caught unaware, unprepared, you're going to end up paying the notified bodies a bucket load of money. I'm trying to keep it clean there too. <laughs> um, you are just going to pay so much money to be able to pay for them to teach you what you're supposed to have already yeah. known. And it's like somebody's salary, what you're going to end up paying. So you might as well prepare ahead and make sure that you've got what you need. Um, and reach out to somebody who can help you to do that because it really, you know, if you wait till now next year, you're too late.
0: For well, sure. I- And I think that last little bit is important regardless of what type of product you have and and what type of market you're pursuing. I think a lot of times companies have sort of viewed regulatory bodies as the teacher checking my homework. Uh, That's not really their role. I mean, you should be checking your homework way before you turn it in. And don't expect for that regulatory body, uh, whether it be FDA or notified body or register, to, to guide and direct you as to what to do next. Um, yeah, that's not the time you, you want that moment to be smooth, you know? Um, so just keep that in mind. So
1: yeah, yeah, that's really good advice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Joanne, any final thoughts before we put a wrapper on today's episode?
1: Uh, I think we're all in for a rough ride this next year. <laughs> we're going to get through
0: it uh, though. We're going to get panic.
1: through. it. It's going to be fine. You know, and just, I really do think, you know, read the regs, read them out loud. And I know that sounds silly, but I do it every single day and the more you read it out loud the more you're like wait what did i just say out loud that was weird and so it there really is a lot packed in there they've done a really good job at writing these regs um there's not a lot of ambiguity compared to the other regs um but it's really worth the read you know and it's our lives so we got to do it yeah
0: yeah yeah. maybe maybe you can start maybe companies can start little book clubs where you know they're going to read it (laughs) a particular annex from <laughs> from the new regulations. But, you know, I, I say that in jest, but, you know, something We've like that, that is good. You know, it's it's yeah. not a bad idea. I've actually heard yeah. of uh, uh, another person uh, I know pretty well, Allison Komiyama from Acknowledge Regulatory Strategy. She shared with me recently that that's what they did with like all standards or new guidances. They get their yep. team together and they, they read it and they have like a book club. I mean, that sounds nerdy, but
1: but it's It's super nerdy. Yeah. It's almost like a script read through, you know, you can kind of sit around the table. We literally, we did it through zoom of course, but, um, we, we sat and we each took a section and we all read it out loud to each other. And, uh, it really, really helped because sometimes, you know, I'm thinking about like, yeah, I got to go buy some bread and I got to go walk (laughs) the dog. And I'm thinking about everything, but the really technical stuff in front of me,
0: and I think so, that help, would help you know a company with their institutional knowledge or or interpretation uh, on yeah. certain things. So at least if you're coming together uh, or presenting the same or a, a consensus type of understanding from an organization standpoint, that's that's good. It's better than having six different opinions and then you know having. All these discussions with notified bodies and regulatory bodies and it's all over the place so at least get your 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 internal act together and get on the same page yeah well absolutely, Joanne thank you so much it's Thanks, always a pleasure John. to have an opportunity to chat with you I always learn uh, at least one or two things uh, and today is no exception folks we do have time but not a lot uh, to, to get prepared for the IVDR if, if you're just gonna sit back and wait and Hope that the EU you know pushes out that deadline. That's not a good strategy. Get your act together. Reach out to folks like uh, Joanne Lebron with MDC Associates. Uh, they can help you put a, together a game plan and, and a strategy so that you can be successful. Because you know, just assuming that it's going to be delayed, assuming that you know this is going to happen and that's going to happen, you should assume that it's going to happen and make sure that you're in the best possible situation for that may. 2022 date. It will be here fast. So get prepared. And as always, thank you for being uh, loyal listeners and watchers of the Global Medical Device Podcast. For those of you watching, be sure you subscribe and click the bell notification so that you get alerts anytime a new episode is live and, and ready for your consumption you know, you're keeping the global medical device podcast as the number one podcast in on the medical device industry. And I thank you for that. So as always, this is your host and founder at Green Lake Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the global medical device podcast.